And we are back with another week of the Resi and Bubba podcast. Uh, you, uh, you guys ready for some uh, NFL? Because that is all we are talking about today. Uh, Sean, what are we starting off with? Oh, well, uh, I think they need to change the name of the NFL to not the National Football League, but the drama, 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 cry and bitch until I get what I want league. Because lately, that seems like all that's going on between A.B. with his Zeke crap, Dak. Zeke, Dak, and he wants money that he doesn't deserve. Yeah, let's let's start let's start there. Uh, Dak looking for forty million a season. Unless he's talking forty million pennies, he ain't worth forty million dollars a year. I can guarantee. What you I'm that. saying is, if they're if he's not paying Zeke out of his pocket. Uh, there's no way in, there's not a chance in hell that if I was Dallas, I would, I would give that guy that kind of money. Um, well, this is my thing, you know, on Dak's side, that's pretty selfish considering he has Amari Cooper that needs to get paid because he came in on a one-year contract. You also have Zeke who's looking to get a contract. Now he's holding out. So now you're expecting this team to, I mean, granted, you have the richest owner in, in the yeah, league. But, but everybody everybody knew this was coming with Dallas. I mean, everyone's been talking about this since that first year that Dak was a, a rookie and Zeke was a rookie and they they got to the playoffs and all that stuff. You know, went, went up. Was that against Green Bay? Was that the fail Mary? Yep. Um, well, Dallas is fail Mary. Yeah. But, uh, Des it, didn't catch it. Yeah, Des didn't catch it. That was Romo, actually. But I mean, he, he did, but by the rule, he didn't. So, yeah. anyway, um, you know, since that time, everybody's been talking, how are they going to pay all these guys? Um, then you went and brought in Amari Cooper um, just to add to what you're going to have to pay. I mean, what it comes down to is, it, you know, you pay Dak, you're not going to be paying that offensive line. No. Um, and there's a good chance you might not be able to to, to pay Zeke either. My guess, my guess is what... with a $40 million quarterback when you can't keep him off his back. Oh, yeah, exactly. I mean, Dak came in, he had... I mean, they... Dallas still has one of the best O-lines in the league. Um, just ask Aaron Rodgers what happens when you take get a bunch of money. I mean, he was on his ass all year last year. Green Bay still didn't do anything to really help him out. And uh, I don't think they're going to until he decides to, you know, take a little bit of a pay cut and help the team out. Yeah, and I mean, looking here, um, looking in on CBS Sports on their NFL section, to kind of put Dak's contract into a summary here, he's would be getting paid more than Aaron Rodgers, who's getting 33 and a half a year. Uh, he's getting paid more than Russell Wilson, who's the highest paid uh, at 35 years. So now you're saying that Dak Prescott is better than Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers and Carson Wentz. I don't think he's better than Wentz. I don't think he's better than Matt Ryan. I don't think he's better than Russell Wilson. He sure is hollering better than Matt Stafford. So asking for $40 million a year is just... I mean, now, now you look at you look at Dak's numbers though. Dak it has been impressive numbers wise, but you you watch him play and he doesn't have that. He just doesn't have that that wow factor. That that I mean, to me, I I look at like a guy like Carson Wentz, right? They're talking about you know what do you you know what's Wentz worth? Yeah. I mean, guy guy really hasn't done anything. Uh, Playoff wise in his entire career yet, um, Dick, you can Dick saves the day, man. You can even argue that that Dak is just as accomplished as what as what Wentz is in the in the playoffs. So I mean, but when you when you compare the two of them, which one of them is a franchise quarterback? I mean, I'm not if if I'm if I'm 
starting a franchise today, Dak's not even in my top ten no. for for I'm quarterbacks. Carson Wentz way before. I'm oh, and I'm taking guys like Matt Stafford too, who haven't even sniffed the playoffs for a while. Yeah. I mean, you're, he's just not that type of quarterback. Um, I think it's absolutely ridiculous that he's even looking for that kind of money. Uh, the sad part is though, Sean, somebody would probably pay it to him. Yeah, you know. Uh, Unfortunately, that's the way the kind of the league works. I could see a team like Jacksonville paying them. I mean, they just played Nick Foles, but a team like Jacksonville that has a, a big money owner or a team like Buffalo who could afford to go out and spend money on a quarterback. Well, I think Buffalo was pretty happy with Allen there. Um, oh, I, he, he made I a lot of strides fine. last year late in the season. I think I just think this this league isn't as saturated. It's getting. Be, I don't want to say it's saturated, but it's becoming saturated with quarterbacks. Uh, your 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 teams that. Oh yeah, your teams that that were always kind of on the fringe with QBs. I mean, even your perennial teams like Arizona. Arizona went from like Kurt Warner to Carson Palmer. You know, like they really haven't had anything unless they were somebody else's. Next topic. Dak just isn't. He's just not what. It's not what what you build a franchise around. Um, Zeke is. Everybody knows Zeke is the reason why that pass opens up for Dak. Um, you talk to talk to a guy like Dez, and he'll tell you Dak's a pretty average quarterback. Uh, Dez is even when he was in Dallas. Yeah, he was kind of he he wasn't looking like him, his old self. But Romo Romo is an accurate passer. Uh, he was a little un, under accomplished in his career. Um, but when you really look at what Romo did, you can argue he's the best quarterback in Dallas's history. Um, uh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Aikman has the rings, but when you really look at the numbers, uh, if you were to put Romo you were good. to put Ro, Romo on that same squad that Aikman had, and nobody's beating them. No. So I mean, you you can't give Dak this money. Um, and if they do, uh, Zeke better uh, Zeke better start talking to Bell because uh, that's what Dallas is going to be pulling on him. It's going to be franchise tag after franchise tag. Yep. You know, and and I, at the same time, if you put yourself in Dallas's shoes. How do you pay? How do you pay Zach? Uh, how do you pay Zeke? You really can't pay Zeke. The guy's been constantly in the news uh, for something. So, uh, guys like this, yeah, maybe he hasn't been found guilty of anything, or maybe he hasn't really been. I mean, the little bit he was disciplined by the by the NFL for it's the stuff he did in college. Yeah. I mean, you look at you look at that guy. Trouble has been following him, and a guy like that, he's kind of like it's kind of like Bell. Bell was very loud when he was in Pittsburgh. Yep. So you know when you're when you're that type of player where you know it's all eyes on me and then you're giving them you're giving the media everything to write about it's hard for teams to want to commit to a long-term contract to you and you know Zeke is easily a top three back in the league right now but how do you how do you how do you pay him when you when he's doing that kind of stuff so I look at you know if you're Dallas you you probably are paying Dak not 40 million no maybe 30 and even that I think is 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 ridiculous see what blows my mind is he's coming off of his rookie contract now, well, there's the was, thing. He made like six hundred forty thousand last year, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, here, his, okay, his rookie year, him and Zeke both go off, and they have a very, very good year. They get to the playoffs. They end up choking in the playoffs, and then they kind of fell flat in their sophomore season. Then they come back for their third season. They kind of fall flat again. Now in twenty nineteen, this is the big money portion of his rookie contract. His base salary this year is uh, about two million. His breakdown for his bonus is about a hundred thousand. You know, he's only making two point one million. You're expecting this team to pay you from two point one million all the way up to forty million when you have won maybe what one or two playoff games. And I don't even know if his Dak won more than one. I don't know. If if he would have gotten to a Super Bowl 
and maybe won a Super Bowl. Oh, like Russell his... Wilson style? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then definitely. Okay, now we can talk about paying you 25 to $30 million. Sure, because he made that for his $40 team. $40 million dollars a year for a quarterback who still has a lot to prove and still has not won into the NFC Championship game. I mean, come on. you you got to... Well, you know, and this is this is just this is what we're gonna, uh, you know, we go back to the NFL being the drama, drama, drama. Like it, it's getting like that in every sport. I mean, what it, what it comes down to is the talent is going up and uh, the, the divas are coming out. I mean, the this is easily the most talented NFL, the most talented NBA, the most talented MLB, in my opinion. Well. Probably ever, and it's all it's across all sports hey, like that right now. Keeping it all football and up. Oh sure, sure. But what I'm what I'm getting at is this. You know, we all everybody. You know, everybody likes to likes to complain about millennials. Well, we're starting to get them in sports now, mm-hmm. and uh, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get a bunch of guys. I mean, the the thing about professional athletes that people have to remember is a lot of them were the best from where they came from. A good portion of them, and not just the best in college. They were the best in high school. They were the best in in little league. They were the best. They were the best for as long. You could look at like a guy like LeBron, for example. Does LeBron know what it's what it's like not to be the the like center of attention? Not at all. No. So well, you they know, nationally televised his a high school game. Was it his junior year before he even maybe was his senior year? Where oh, he yeah, he was on, on ESPN his senior year. Yeah, like I mean, almost every one of his high school games were on ESPN. He's used to being the center of attention, and these guys... And there's been divas There's been divas in the NFL for a long time. I mean, we got, we got Chad Johnson. We've got... I mean, even Barry Sanders was a bit of a diva for leaving leaving Detroit the way he did. Uh, Kelvin Johnson for the, the same Sanders way. Deion, I mean, you look, they're always there, but there's usually, like, a handful of them. Now we've got, we've got like, a handful on every team. I'm sorry, but you you can't even go into Green Bay. Let's look at Let's look at, like... Green Bay is kind of prime time, right? You have Aaron Rodgers who needs to be the center of attention. You have Finley who's had a bigger head than he had hands. You have, you've got, you, I mean, huge you have, you have Clay Matthews with his Fabio hair. I mean, you have Mike Daniels who's what they say is like the voice of the locker room. How do those guys, the, the hardest part about, in my opinion, that's got to be about being a professional coach is getting all of these guys to believe that they actually are the best player on the team and all of them believe it and nobody thinks anybody else is. Um, your quarterback is always making the most money, so everybody, oh, that's the best player on the team. It, it's hard to get your. It's hard to get a guy like Zeke, for example, who has been. I mean, he was a stud in college in what Ohio State, right? If I remember correct. Uh, so, you know, he he's, he was a stud at Ohio State. He was a stud when he came into the NFL. Yeah, don't you remember and going do you, all over Wisconsin the Big Ten title game that year? I don't want to talk this about year? it. You can, you can. I, I understand why these guys want to get paid, but what it comes down to is these guys need to need to show that they want to they want to win as well. Um, you, now you know we can roll right into to AB with his helmet. I mean, let's get real, dude. It's a helmet. How much does it really affect your play? You want to? You, maybe you should wear the gear that the NFL wants you to wear, and you wouldn't have frostbitten feet. You know, you, this is, it's stupidity. Um, just, I'm, the players are starting to think they're bigger than the game. Maybe we can blame Favre a little bit for that, the way that, that he went about his business. I don't think it's really on him, but you look at, you look around and you look at all the drama in this, in this league and part of it, that's just what the NFL wants. I mean, let's go back. I, you know, I hate talking about this, but let's go back to like the Kaepernick thing. The NFL, as much as they hated that and as much money as it costed them, they were in the news every week. Yep. Every single week, they were the highlight of the news. It wasn't. It was no longer just 
ESPN and NFL Network following them. Now they had CNN watching them as yep. well. So you know, like it's it, these guys, their 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 heads have gotten so big. Um, I think that's what happened with Brown. Maybe that's his helmet problem. Is his, his head doesn't fit that's in the thing bad. anymore. Um, but uh, something like that. I mean, come on, dude. Your your helmet isn't approved by the league. I get it. Didn't fail the tests that the league has and all that kind of stuff. But wear a helmet that everybody else has to wear. I, I mean, mean, I get it. I 100% get it. Uh, you know, being playing football, you want to be comfortable in your own helmet. You know, and Stephen A. Smith said it, Colin Coward said it, and I, I'm back and forth about Colin Coward, but he embarrassed himself doing through all this. Like, literally, you are going to threaten retirement in the prime of your career because you want to. After wear a you helmet just more sign an extension with your what's now you're going to be like your team for the rest of your career. And 90% of the helmets that were tested of your make and model failed but yours didn't for whatever reason that doesn't make you entitled to be able to wear a helmet that the nfl is not deeming as safe forget the helmet itself this guy you can find a helmet that has different fit you can adjust the ear pads you can adjust the head pads you can stick a fucking bike pump into your helmet and pump it up or down like it ain't that hard you can adjust and be comfortable it's just stupid like you're making an ass out of yourself you're making an ass out of it on a brand new team i mean this is a guy who Got traded to Oakland. Oakland gave up what a third round a rounder, I believe, for him. Nobody could believe, and he thought even even yeah, Antonio Brown thought that that was a disgrace to him for how cheap he got out of he got out of Pittsburgh. You know what? You're on a new team. You're supposed to be. They brought you in to be kind of that star, that leader. I, I don't dare I say dare I say the face of that offense. And Derek Carr, and that's the example you want to create. Yeah, uh, that's what you want. That's what you want everybody in that locker room. You're, you're going to go. You know what? I'm not showing. I'm not showing up. Or oh, you know, my feet are hurting. And you know what? I'm not, I might just not play because I don't like the helmet. Come on, man. You know what? I'm sorry, Oakland, but you guys are doomed. Yeah. Like I don't care what kind of success you have. You ain't going to a Super Bowl with that guy on your team. You. There's too much drama in Oakland, but you know what? That's what LA wants, and that's what and or Vegas wants. That's what Vegas is gonna get. It's hey, the Packers fans are praising right now because we didn't. I mean, I was all for it. I didn't. Oh God, I, I we're just watching the Packers get run over by the Ravens here. But I'm glad AB didn't come to Green Bay just because we don't need this crap in Green Bay. We're trying to rebuild here. You know, it's hey locker rooms. Locker rooms win championships, exactly. man. I look at, I look at. To me, the the quietest, the teams that are the quietest are the teams that tend to go on to to win it all. Mm-hmm. Why do you, in my opinion, you want to know why the Rams shit the bed last year in the Super Bowl? Yeah, loud, way too. Loud. Everybody was on board with the Rams, and the Rams became on board with the Rams, and they didn't, they didn't, pl- they were too confident. I think is is what be- what started to happen, and. Uh, I look like I think of I think of that team and Clay Clay Matthews being on that team, and I think of how he was in Green Bay. I think you're going to see like a Pro Bowl style season out of Clay. He's going to be so happy to be back in back in the LA area and everything. It's just you can't. I think of that team, and you think of that Philly team, and I think I may have said this in a previous podcast, but that Philly team when they got uh, Mukamara when he yep. was like the stud, and they picked up Cullen Jenkins, I think that year too. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, I mean, they were they were considered loaded, and I think they finished like eight and eight. Yeah, but you have to have locker room chemistry, and from what I'm seeing, uh, it's no wonder that uh, Pittsburgh is dumping Brown and dump, and let Bell go. And I wouldn't be surprised if you see Pittsburgh being like an eleven and five team again this year. Yeah, I I'm right on board with you. So the Steelers got a third and a fifth round pick when they got for Brown, and then the um, 
Raiders went and signed Brown for three years, fifty point one two five million dollars with a max value of fifty four million. Three years and what is he thirty one? I mean, they yeah, overpaid. He's in his 30s now. I don't care how good Brown is. They overpaid. He's gonna have. I have a feeling he's gonna have a piss poor season this year. Um, once Derek Carr gets healthy, then maybe he's gonna turn into something else. You know, just to wrap, put a bow on it. Just hang out. The preseason drama's here, as it is every year. But we're gonna get through this preseason drama, and in two to three weeks, it's showtime. First game of the year of the NFL 100 season. The game that was the only choice, Packers-Bears, for the first game of the season. We're getting there. We just got to get through all the preseason minicamp bullshit, and we'll be back to football at your regularly scheduled program for the fall and winter. I just, I'm ready. I'm ready for to, for this drama stuff and football just to be done. I mean, this is all we've been ta- This is all we talk about anymore. You want to know what I missed? Do you remember, I? Uh, what was it called again? They used to, they used to have the top hits of the week on like Monday Night Football. Yep. Like, I, I want to see that stuff again. Like when you're talking, when I when I start hearing about football, I wanna I wanna start hearing about how you know I I don't know Tom Brady and uh, Nikhil Harry were button heads in practice or something like that's the kind of stuff I want to hear about. I don't I don't really I don't really care about you know what shoes someone wore or you know what what car they drove into yeah. to minicamp the first week and get, like get back to football it's just I mean this is this is uh, unfortunately I think this is kind of what the social media aspect has done to everything and it's as if football wasn't becoming uh, like unentertaining I don't want to say unentertaining because we're all watching it but it's a lesser game than what it was when we when they were taking each other's heads off and give me Ray Lewis back and now give yeah yeah like that, give me Lewis. that era back but now you you know now you have a group of guys who are I mean I argue there's a lot of players out there who who couldn't I mean Ray Lewis was a stud but I look at I look at guys from that era and I think there are a lot of players that are playing right now that aren't even pro bowlers that are just as good as oh, a good God, portion yeah. of those pro bowlers back then and. But but you look that era was about like guys talking smack against each other and stuff like that and now you're hearing like oh we're all just friends and you know the NFL is one big family and all this kind of stuff I don't want that you know what I want you to hate as a Packer I want you to hate the Bears I want you to hate the Vikings I want you to tr- want to take off those guys heads anytime you can play them like where did where did that grit go you know I want I want that back in football that's what made football fun was because it was an it was a contact sport it was aggressive. Like the the way the way these rule changes have gone, it, all it's done is cater to these divas that we've got in the league now. I mean, to me, look at all the wide receivers we have that are that are divas now. I mean, before it was like, oh, we had Randy Moss, uh, we had Terrell Owens, and we had Ocho Cinco, and it was like those three. They all had their twos, and that was like kind of it. You look around the league now. Now it's you have you have Odell who's biggest diva of anybody in the in the league right now Antonio is turn of wide receivers being i don't think golden tate so much but you can even call guys like julio 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 may not be much of a of a diva on the field but man that guy is always complaining about his contract or about his team or what can be bad like julio is a great wide receiver but you even he even he was much like randy moss in the sense of like you know when he's critical of his team he doesn't always say the things that the media wants to hear, but he he's yeah, I don't know. I, I just the thing is he the thing with it, with Julio Jones is he knows how good he is and he expects his team to be at the same level that he is, which is is stupid to just even ask because 
the guy's incredible. There's like, too many. There's too many egos right now, um, yeah. and there's not enough teams. And uh, that's why when I look around the league and I think of, you know, what teams can win the Super Bowl, I like to think of like what what teams have are teams right now. Well, the you Giants know, and got rid of the Divas on their side, and they ended up winning a freaking game. Like, I mean, it was the Jets. Uh, preseason. It was but, preseason. But, but still, I mean, take get back to football, and there's there's talks about you know. What pe- what should be a penalty? What shouldn't be a penalty? If you guys are going out and making this is my message to the NFL, and I don't care who it hears it. I don't care if nobody hears it, but I'm gonna say it aloud. You guys are being paid millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. Give us the product that we want. Go if you the NFLPA doesn't give the NFL any rule changes have to go through the NFLPA. So you can't tell me that the league is doing this all by themselves without your discretion. Right, and speaking of NFL... Let the NFLPA speak up, and let these hits happen. Tonight we were watching the Ravens and Packers game, and the guy, it was the penalty was an illegal blindside block. I was a linebacker. I was a lineman. I was a defensive lineman. If you're stupid enough to run down the field with your head turned, and you're not looking downfield, and I see you coming, and I have a full head of steam at you, I am hitting you. And I, I better not get penalized for it, because that is a football play. That you need to be looking downfield. And the guy... Because he hit in the upper shoulder area and the guy's head snapped into his helmet, they gave him a 15-yard penalty, and they almost called it a targeting call. It's just, at this point, at this point, I don't think the game's going to change, and unfortunate, uh, as much as it pains me to say this, like, I'll be the, I'll I'll admit, I haven't watched as much football in the last, probably two years, basically since the Kaepernick stuff, I was just sick of seeing it on the TV, and like, you know, national anthem's going on, and I'm sitting here watching what player, you know, they're showing what players are kneeling and whatnot, rather than showing me the the jets flying over yeah. the flag being waved on the field like all the all the the like beauty of the game to me is just kind it's of like lost. is kind of gone and like at this point it's i tune in every week for my fantasy football i i tune in every week for for the packers and it, you know it, Outside of that, like, I'm not tuning in now to see, like, oh, man, like, I'm not watching. It used to be where, hey, I'm going to watch the Ravens on Monday Night Football tonight because, damn, I might watch Ed Reed or Ray Lewis just, you know, light somebody somebody. up or, like, you know, I can't wait to see that defense just throttle, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick or whoever the hell the quarterback is. I'm I'm not tuning in for that. Now I'm tuning in on Monday Night Football, like, oh, man, I got to see if Melvin Gordon can rush for 150 tonight. You know, like, the to me, the 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 like that love of that game is is just kind of fa- is starting to fade and you know I'm not going to quit watching football but you know I'm just not I, I'm I, you're talking to a guy who used to who used to like watching Sunday t- you know getting Sunday tickets so I could watch all the games I mean Sean you've been to my house I've got there's times where I've had four TVs set up in my room so I can watch four different games at one time you can't that's gone, man. I have no interest in watching watching games like that anymore. Uh, I tune in for my Packers. I tune into you know Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and outside of those four games, I am really not watching anything else. Hey, you know my best advice for it: if you don't like listening to the drama, go on the internet, type an in NFL game schedule, and just turn on the TV when the games come on, and then turn it off when they're off. That's the best way to do it. That's what I started doing. I don't really watch any of this stuff unless it's stories coming up. Speaking of big stories, the NFLPA sent out work stoppage guides to players uh, prepping for a possible lockout in 2021. Yeah, you know what? And this is something. This is something. It's it's funny because the the day before this happened, I was getting into a, a conversation with a good friend of mine about how 
this this whole you know AB with the helmet, uh, Bell holding out with you know on the Steelers last year not signing his deal, all that kind of stuff. I said there's no I I said this I said there's no way the NFLPA is going to have that kind of power again. They're, the owners are not going to allow players to you know what you don't want to sign that franchise tag. Guess what? Who get, guess who gets the franchise tag next year if you sit out? That's what's going to start ending up happening. They're not going to let the players have that kind of power when it comes to their contracts. And I mean, where when these guys are, I mean. What what Bell is making now is less than what he would have made last year as a Steeler. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, and it's a lot less. And and like so so what did he so what did he do? He screwed over fifty uh, some guys on a team. I will even include practice squad, 60, 70 some guys that all could have gotten maybe could have gotten a ring. Um, they look good last I'm year. sorry, but you look at don't get me wrong. Pittsburgh's kind of Roethlisberger's past his prime, but when you look up and down that roster and you you go wow, they could have had Bell and I mean the way Connor ran. They could have had Bell and Connor back there. Oh, they could have had A.B. and Smith-Schuster. Mm-hmm. Like, you start looking down, looking through that team, and you go, like, you know, they would have scared a lot of teams in the playoffs, and Big Ben in the playoffs is tough to beat. So Steelers finished just a hair out of the playoffs last year. It's I'm pretty, I'm fairly confident to say that Bell could have could have gotten them there. And not because he decided because selfishly he decided he's not going to I'm going to I'm going to make running backs paid like quarterbacks no you're not dude you're going to go you're going to sit out of your football you're going to go to the jets I'm calling it already I think the guy's going to going to have a he's he's going to be pretty banged up I think he has two, you're right 2 years and done you look at they're not going to allow that to happen so my what that led me into saying was I think this holdout that they're talking about is legit. I think there's a good chance that there is no football in 2021. Um, College football is going to be it, but I honestly don't know if there is going to be NFL football. This, this... this was smart. I mean, uh, for the NFLPA to come out and say that, like they're they're prepping their players now. The last time the players really weren't they they weren't they just flat out weren't prepped. Now yep. they're coming out and they're this is two years ahead of time well, that he's is, they're telling them save save is, at least half of each paycheck if not more. Um, and then it says also if your expenses are too high to to save this much, you should look ways to change your spending habits. They're telling these guys prepare insane. for for us to lock in our heels because we're not we're it's going to be a headbutting game and. You know what? I'm sorry, but at this point, the NFL, the NFL needs to put their foot down a little bit with the players here. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I do, I do think billion dollar owners need to be, you know, pushing some of that money out. As being us being Packer fans, we don't get to, you know, our our money gets pumped right back into like the arena or into like the title town district and things like that. Whereas these other guys, you think of guys like, well, Jerry Jones spends money, but we'll just use him because he's well-known. You look at a guy like Jerry Jones, I mean, he, he's, yeah, he's essentially built Dallas. You look at all the different things he's built, like he kind of owns that city, mm-hmm. which is great and all, but who got you that? Yeah. You know, who who's making, who's making the Cowboys the, it's, you have to give some back to the players monetarily. But when it comes to like this contract stuff, like I don't know. In my personal opinion, and this goes across all major sports, I think it should just be paid on performance. Plain and simple. Oh, yeah. Everybody gets a flat rate. You know what? You're you're an NFL starting quarterback, you get ten million a year. For every touchdown you pass, you throw, you get another, I don't care, half million. Guys that and, you know, for every you know, thousand yards you hit, there's another million dollars. Like, like if you guys take the time, go on CBS then the NFL section and just look up the the work stoppage guy these send out. I mean, Rezzy hit it right on the head. This shit's serious. Like 
Try cooking at Try home cooking instead at home. of eating out. Designate one day a week as a no spending day. This is like they're trying to avoid welfare here. These are guys who are making millions of dollars. And if they're treating these guys like they're about to go on welfare, like consider selling clothes you have not worn in a year on Poshmark, Setup, or Tradesy. Like what? Consider selling a car you have not driven in the past six months. Like this is find renters for your unoccupied homes or bedrooms. Or just sell the house. I mean, that would work too. You don't need a second house. Like, take care of major home repairs now. Just unbelievable. Avoid signing a long-term lease. I mean, don't get me wrong. This is all stuff that these guys, these guys should, should be doing anyways. Should be doing anyway, right? But uh, I mm-hmm. don't know. Watch out, people, because this is. I don't know. The more and more I look into this, the more and more it just it does not look good. And it, again, I can't I can't blame the I can't blame the the players for for holding out. I mean, money's money, and they want to try to get some. And at the same time, you know, they have to do this as a group. So as a group, they need to hold out. Like I I get all of that, but when it comes down to the product that that we're getting put on the field right now. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm on the NFL side here. It's time. Yeah, and it's, maybe maybe that benefits us, the fans, and let's you know the NFL give us a little more. That's leeway. that's what I'm saying. Last time last time this happened, I think the fans were very much on the players' side. Yes. Like I think everybody was like, "Look, let's just get this done with and get back to football." But I yep. think this time around, I th- I think it's I think it's, it's time more we people on the NFL side because now it's getting to the point where the the players are being way too much of prima donnas and it's like, well, and the. Just, just shut like that chick said to LeBron James when he was doing the protesting. Just shut up and play, man. This is a what? Yeah, you're right. What it comes down to is they're entertainers. Exactly. It, it, that's that's literally all. So so going back to kind of my rule thing too. They're not when when they become less entertaining. They, what? Why are we paying them more? Yeah. Um. Don't get me wrong. That there's there's money to be spread out, but I just I. I I can't. I can't with the with what they have going on. They need to. They need. It's time to take the NFL side here and say, you know what, you're playing the game of football and you're worried about concussions. Uh, maybe you should try baseball. You know, like go ask Kyler Murray why. Why are you playing football with the chance of with the chance of of never being able to, I don't know, say think again by the time you're like fifty. Um, Dash money. What talks? Sure, but. You know why are you playing? Well, I love I love the game of football more than I love the game of baseball. Sure, you you well, baseball does pay better. So I mean I it def it's but why? Oh, I love the game of football. Well, then you know what? You ain't getting jack when your head's all messed up. Yep. Like I'm again. I've already said hell, pay me a quarter million dollars a year. I'll go out there, throw me the ball one time over the middle. Safety's allowed to jack me up. I'll do it for the fans every single week. Yeah. I don't care if I can't if I can't even talk by the time I'm fifty years old. God damn, that would be that would. That kind of that kind of money is life changing. So you know what you don't want to. Fun couple of years. You don't want to make the money. Don't play the game. Yeah. So let's get let's get back to some football. Let's get back to hitting people. And you know what? If this holdout happens, I don't I don't care. Hold out as long as possible till I get football back. Yep, I 100 percent agree. Uh, making a small transition from there, we're going to brief over the preseason here. Um, uh, preseason football. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still know, football. No, it, it's football, and I'm glad we have it back. Not a whole lot, nothing really too surprising. Anymore. We'll just we'll just go right into like Packers preseason. Yeah. Then I mean that's um, when it goes around. When you go around the rest of the NFL, I mean I I don't really care what the great. I don't care what the scores were. I don't really care who won. Like it to me, that really doesn't matter. So looking at the Texans game uh, with the Packers last week, we started out really hot. We were up twenty eight to ten going into the fourth quarter, and then we like fell apart. Oh, and then the like what twelfth stringers came in. Yeah. Which, I mean, that's – and I have a hard time judging off of preseason, but I was impressed with what we saw 
out of Deshaun Kaiser, what we saw out of um, our wide receiving core, I think looks pretty solid when they're talking about this battle opposite. I mean, we talked about this in our podcast previously, the battle opposite of, of Devonte Adams. We haven't gotten to see a whole lot of that in the, in the preseason, but I mean, if I'm the package, I'm having a hard time picking six wide receivers right now. Yeah, I mean, everybody's getting a touch on the ball here. Darius Shepard looked really good last week. Shepard looked good again tonight. From Shepard looked really good tonight. He had a, a return on a kickoff, I believe it was, for like 37 or 38 yards. He broke a couple tackles on the way there. So you're saying he might challenge Davis a little bit I there. I think he will. Um, Dexter Williams had 14 carries for 62 yards. I, I like And I, I like Dexter Williams, to be honest. I, I like Dexter Williams better than I like Jamal Williams. Um, I wouldn't go that far. I think he works better. I think Jamal Williams works better with Aaron. Um, he might be a little better. He might be a little better. I'd say on like on like pass on like pass blocking. I yep. think he's maybe a little better. But watching Dexter Williams run, man, I, we haven't seen Dexter boy, he looks on the field with Aaron yet. So I mean, true. But watching that guy run, man, he he cuts hard. He. It's like it seems to me like that guy goes from from having no gain to having it's like no gain or a six yard gain. It seems like there's like nothing in between. Yeah. He reminds um, me of a um, kid from Carolina. Um, oh, like Jonathan Stewart? Nope, white kid. Oh, he's not McCaffrey. McCaffrey. He, he McCaffrey. has the same playing style as McCaffrey. He works well out of the backfield. Other than tonight, he dropped four passes tonight. But yeah, but you can put a shoulder down and get exactly. in and knock dudes over a little be better a than McCaffrey player. can. He can play out into the bubble. He can play out into you know the little swing passes. But he can also take it right up the gut and put his head down. I like uh, I like Dexter Williams. I can tell you what I don't like in Green Bay right now is I think our backup quarterback situation has just got awful. I'm not a fan of what Kaiser has shown. Um, yeah, he. You look at his stat line against against uh, the Texans. He's eight for 13, 102 yards and a touchdown. I mean, that's not a bad day by by NFL standards. But um, you know, in the preseason like that. But man, I I just. <laughs> that guy just doesn't look like he wants to play in the NFL. And when I think about how many injuries Aaron Rodgers has had and what, you know, hey, what's this team going to look like, you know, if, if Rodgers gets injured this year? Because honestly, at this point, that's just kind of what I'm what I'm planning well, for. He said all tonight because he was... Oh, my back's a little tight. Yeah, you know what, you know what, man? You, what, 30-something million? 35? Was that what it was again? 33? Whatever. 31 I don't care. Get out there and play some damn football because you know what? It took you six weeks to look like a football player last year because he didn't play any damn preseason get out there and play some football rogers boyle looked good tonight uh as of so far we're still a couple minutes left in the both five and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter baltimore's putting a pretty good beating on green bay um boyle is 12 for 21 107 yards one touchdown deshaun kaiser lackluster five for 10 70 yards um he didn't rush at all I mean, we there's just nothing behind Aaron, and the only highlight tonight was Jake Kumaro. He had three catches for 52 yards, his longest I think was 22 yards. It was actually a damn good catch. I know you guys and your big Kumaro fans. I'm still not a believer. Mike Kumaro, man, Drama Allison had a really good catch. He had two catches for 29 yards. His one catch I think was like 20 something yards. So the stats look good, but he had the one catch that was 20 plus. So 29 yards and two catches isn't exactly anything to to brag about but Darius Shepard I think is the one to look for he had a phenomenal game tonight I mean I just look I look at this team and I go I go okay you know you we're we're talking wide receiver battle here you have you have Allison I think is on the team Adams is on the team uh MCW's or uh uh ESB yes thank you uh St. Brown is is a lock uh so is uh Valdez Scantling um so you look like right where what I just list four or five guys yep I mean they're talking about how Davis has been like a a, a preseason stud. Um, you you still have that sh- the shepherd Darius Shepard's been making plays. 
Um, another guy that, that I think has kind of been standing out, at least from what I've watched, a guy who's made um, tough catches, I guess you could say. I'm not saying he's made like highlight reel, but where you know he's getting hit right after he catches it. Um, I, I really like that Lazard guy too, you know. So you're looking, you looked on that roster, and I'm having a hard time finding people to cut. Um, St. Brown hasn't been playing. Uh, same thing with Valdez Scantling. He has, they haven't really shown a whole lot of them. So to me, between those two and Adams, that's your three for sure that are going to play. Yep. Allison, I don't think they're getting rid of. That's they've had too much. Uh, they've been too high on him. Too much upside for him. You. And then Kumaro, Kumaro is, is, is Aaron's little baby, so I, I have a hard time believing they're going to cut him. You know, so now that's, that's I think I just listed five, right? That's one or two guys. We're going to go into this season with the same receiving core we had last year with the exception of maybe Darius Shepard and Lazard, as it looks right now. Um, just because... You said in the last podcast, we have a very, very athletic... Jamon Moore better start packing his bags. Yeah, please do. And leave for all I care, because I the guy sucks. Like, whatever. Um, but yeah, I think we're going into the season with the same receiving core, but I, I have confidence in this year. Devontae's bigger, better, faster. Kumaro looks good. You know, who knows? His season was cut short last year. Um, Geronimo yeah, Allison. Because he, because he did a somersault into the end zone. Well, I mean. Like an idiot. That's what I mean. Geronimo. Is, you, can't re- you, can't, you can't rely on guys that are hurting themselves on after scoring like So we that. can't rely on our coach? Hurts himself playing basketball. Well, that's, he's, his, his job doesn't rely on running up and down the field. Well, I mean, if you're Sean McVay, he, he's got a handler himself. So, I mean. Oh, Jesus. Um, but so far, preseason's looking pretty good. The Packers are looking good. Um, Savage. Oh, kind of disappointing so far. I hope he shows up in the regular season because he had a whole one tackle tonight and he was on the field for yeah, he's, a good portion. But, I mean, he, again, he's a rookie. He's he's adjusting to the pace of the game. Uh, the NFL, you look at NFL quarterbacks compared to college, man. Uh, these a guy, like, a guy like Savage is going up against, what, maybe one, if two at most, like pro-ready pro-ready QBs when he's in college. Yeah. I mean, that's it, not a whole lot uh, for them guys to, to deal with. Plus... You have the NFL playbook to to add into all of that on top of it all. I, I don't I don't blame him. I think safety's a position that takes a little bit to go, and I I really liked what Amos did. Uh, you know, has going on. The guy looks solid. Um, I don't know if you saw the highlight the highlight reel of him tonight or whatever the that tight end or whatever tried oh, to yeah. jump over him and he's just not having it. Yep. Like, you know, it, it, to have a guy like that to lead you, I think is 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 that's that's good. That's good for Savage to have there. Um, I think Amos is kind of going to be taking over like that leadership role in the secondary, which is great because I I don't know if Tremont Williams makes the cut. Next topic. Oh, um, so small transition from there. Um, fantasy football. Ooh, fantasy. Right around the corner, baby. Um, most drafts should be happening if you're with the the regular. Yeah, it's about it's about draft time. It's about draft time. Um, so. For what I remember, as long as I've been doing fantasy, I don't remember there ever not being a quarterback in the top ten. Oh yeah. Um, nowadays, nowadays fantasy is all running back. Um, wide wide receivers have even become more popular than your QB picks, just simply simply because of like injuries and stuff. So Sean, let's uh next topic. Let's go with the it's uh, the uh, quarterback situation. Uh, well, who who are you who are you going? 
Let's see. Let's see. Who are your top five? Who are your top five quarterbacks for fantasy football? Fantasy football number one, no, no question. Pat Mahomes. Um, he does it all. He gets his yards. He runs. He he's a touchdown thrower. Um, number two. Um. I'm gonna make a jump. I'm gonna say Baker Mayfield for two for this year alone. Um, I'd say Baker Mayfield. He's kind of in the same boat. He's not in the same class as Mahomes, but he's kind of in the same boat where he kind of does a little bit of everything. He's got a lot of help around him, which I think helps him a lot this year. Number three, I'd put Andrew Luck. Pending he's healthy. There's some more talks that he's hurt again. They're not really sure what's going on. Um, I would definitely go Andrew Luck in the top three. He he does it every year. Um, four, this is when it starts to get a little hairy. Four and five is kind of interchangeable. Um, I, it, my top five rounded out with four and five would be Jared Goff and Aaron Rodgers, just because Jared Goff has the threats where he can dump something out of the backfield and let somebody take off, or he can take it long with Cooper Cup and everybody else. Then five or four, whichever you want to place it, I put Aaron Rodgers just because He's Aaron Rodgers. You can't disrespect him by putting him outside the top five because he can make any receiver, as we've seen before, he can make any receiver look good, and he can make him a thousand yard receiver. Yeah, with, see, with I, I think I think I'm going back. I'm gonna. I like your top five. In fact, I'm probably gonna stick with. I might even just have like all the same players, but a little bit different order. I I think this is Aaron Rodgers returning back to number one form. I think he wants to. I think. Just as a as a professional, I think he wants to show everybody that um, all this talk of the McCarthy thing wasn't it wasn't his fault. Um, I th- he comes out and he looks flat, uh, and and everyone's going to be talking how it wasn't McCarthy who was the problem; it was Aaron. And I don't think he wants that. So I think I think he's got that chip on his shoulder again, um, the same chip that maybe that maybe helped him win a Super Bowl before. Um, and I think that's going to translate to the field. I think we're looking at another forty-plus touchdown season from him. Another single, di- so. another single-digit interception season. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have the legs that he used to, but I think he has the best arm yet in football. Um, I like your Mahomes pick. My, I, I'm a firm believer in sophomore slumps, and I know this is Mahomes' third season, but it's really only his second playing. Um, so I think he is gonna he's gonna fall off. Um, I'm gonna put him at like I'm gonna put Mahomes more at like five. Um, just because I think that the NFL is going to figure out figure him out a little bit more, and I think uh, the the drama around Hill um, Hunt not being on the team anymore, I think stuff like that is just gonna it's gonna hurt him a little bit. Um, so I like Rogers at one, um, two. I'm gonna go. I like your Mayfield pick. Um, Mayfield to me is kind of the Mahomes of of this year. Uh, you're looking for that young quarterback who's gonna. Fantasy football. Oh, this oh my is God. to an extent, Sean. Let's get Woo. let's get real. Rez has a couple titles under his belt here, but uh, I got one last year. <coughs> Ooh. Yeah, that first one's the toughest one. But anyway, <laughs> so um, yeah, Mo, um, I like Mayfield. I think that that he's the the Mahomes uh, clone kind of. I guess you could say this year. Um, I like him at two. He can maybe propel himself up to one. I just think he's also maybe. I don't like hopping on those hype trains. Um, yeah, he does have a lot of help, but you know, you know, let's say Jarvis is getting fed all the time. That Odell's probably not. He's gonna be kicking over uh, nets and stuff again. And you know, who who knows what that'll do in a locker room or what that'll do to Mayf- to Baker. So. I'll, I'll put him at two just because I don't I don't want to give him it that easy. Um, I like your luck pick. Um, I'll put him at 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 four though. Um, I think uh, I think 
I think luck is due for a bounce back season. Uh, they finally bolstered that O line. Put them at three. Put them at three for me. But if they finally bolstered that O line for them, the only thing I don't like is the run game. I think they still have a lot of pressure on luck. Um, so I think he, those top three, Rodgers, Mayfield, Luck, all of them have a chance at being that number one um, just based on their attack. Um, I know that they're saying Lafleur is a big runner and that might hurt Rodgers, but I think it just opens up the deep ball. Um, now you're, you want to talk about, you know, who am I going to put in that four? And like you said, four and five. Um, I kind of think I, I kind of think that this is you might see i think you might see matt ryan uh return to form really um and and get back up there i mean we he's got a plethora of weapons around him as well um he's matt ryan though so you never know um and you know what well i think another guy who has who has a shot with all of that is is cam newton i think if it's not ryan it's cam at that four spot again not a huge cam newton fan but you know the legs and fantasy football so um sliding right from there into running backs um to me this is probably the easiest in my opinion the easiest group uh we'll we're gonna start by saying we're gonna go ppr ranking though um because what we're looking at right now on espn is by ppr rankings yeah yeah so for for ppr i think um I mean, to me, if your best player in fantasy football, number one overall pick, no doubt, Saquon Barkley. Uh, Giants have no, Giants have nobody Carried else. Carried my there. ass to a fantasy title um, last year. Number two, um, I've been a goal. I, I really like Kamara at two. Um, I, I see me and you both have one and two the same, and I think we can agree here. Uh, with Ingram being gone, uh, we got to see what Kamara could do in those first couple weeks last year when Ingram was out for yep. suspension for roids or whatever. Um, we all got to see what Kamara can do. I think uh, I think this is just like 2.0. Ingram's the first roids guy that we have talked about that didn't have herpes. That's amazing. First time on the Resident Bubba Show podcast, we make a steroid reference without talking about herpes. That's great. Awesome. Yeah. Now, back to your number three. Anyways. So, um, number three... Um, you know, this is where this is where I would be putting Zeke. Um, I am, I am kind of believing that he is gonna he is gonna hold out. Um, I, so that kind of, I mean, Zeke's pretty used to missing games and stuff. So um, it's hard for me to put him at it's hard for me to put him at three. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say Zeke's your number three. Say you know that being said, it's it's if he plays all sixteen. Um, as I mean, I'm not saying healthy, but like if he starts the season right away, I think he's a top three, um, four spot. Um, I gotta go Gurley. I think Gurley is, uh, definitely the, the better running back. Um, if you're trying to, I mean, I like McCaffrey, I like Davey Johnson, you know, but Gurley, Gurley's shown that he can carry a team. I know they've been talking, you know, knee and all that kind of stuff. And, you know what I think? I just think it's kind of a bunch of BS to have people not start sleeping on the guy again. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that. I think Zeke and Gurley always finish pretty pretty neck and neck. Uh, so then that fifth spot, um, I'll let McCaffrey get in there. I've never been a huge McCaffrey fan, but the guy is a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Um, I wow, we did agree for a good portion of it, and I I gotta agree with. Number one, if you're not picking, if you have a chance to draft Saquon Barkley this year and you don't, I gotta, I gotta ask you a couple questions because you're not gonna win your league not drafting Saquon Barkley unless you get lucky. Um, so number one, I have Saquon Barkley. Like Rezzy said, there's nothing going on in the Giants right now. However, that also makes me wonder 
since there really is no other attack other than Saquon Barkley in New York, now they're going to stack the box. Well, that's a, that's and a they're going to have to force him to do something else, but he's so good that's the thing with outside Barclay, of the pocket. Barkley can literally do everything. Yeah. That guy can be he can be a he can be a, a wide receiver, he can be a running back. So I I'm this is what I'm picturing, right? He's an early LeSean McCoy. I'm picturing the Giants Giants, you know, start the game off, you know, pounding the hell out of the ball with Barkley. I'm going to say he goes into halftime with like 70 80 yards on the ground. Maybe like 10 15 through the air. He's got 15 20 maybe through the air. He's going to come out at halftime. He's going to have like 10 15 yards on the ground and like 70 yards through the air. I think yep. that guy's going to be putting like we're talking those Davy those Davy Johnson, you know, uh what is it the to have a thousand thousand yards uh, receiving Zing. and what well, was it a thousand yards rushing or yep. fifteen hundred yards whatever the heck that those crazy numbers are that those that like him yeah and, and then uh, he then he gets drafted number one in a, a lonely little fantasy football league in in like the Manitowoc area then he goes out the first game and breaks his fucking wrist yeah you know that'll bastard but uh, never take advice to draft from Ben Resnicek out of Manitowoc Wisconsin it screws you out of a fucking <laughs> league title. Yeah, you know, Davey Johnson stays healthy, and there's a lot of people. It's just like last year, those who took Bell late, and like, you know, it, it's it, we all we all didn't know if Bell was going to play football, but if hey, he did, he if he apologized, you probably, you probably won your, your you would have won your league if he would have played. Same yeah. thing with Davey Johnson. If he didn't get hurt, a lot of people are probably winning their league. Yep. But um, yeah, so back to it. Yeah. Number two, Elvin Kamara. Same thing. He's gonna. The guy's a beast on the ground. He's got Drew Brees throwing to him. The guy no catches the ball. No real competition around him anymore. No real competition around him. My number three though is Nick Chubb. I like Chubb. My only problem, my only problem with that is I, I look at that division and I like Pittsburgh since he always is Ding everybody up, playing them tight. Um, and you got Cleveland and uh, what is he? Who's the other one I missing? The Ravens is Ravens, Ravens part of that? Yep. So. Uh, I look at that division and I just go, I don't see that as, I mean, that's six games a year that those guys have to yep. have to play those teams. See, now and I, I, don't, I don't see that being a blowout game where, where he's just running the ball down the field the whole time because they're ahead. I think these we're still talking about, I don't care what they did, we're still talking about the Browns here. And until the Browns really accomplish something, yeah. uh, to me, they're still the Browns. They're still an underachieving team. Yep, and, and I think this year they're going to do something. The thing that pushes me towards Chubb more than a couple of the other ones. Is before like last year there was a little bit of talk with the Browns getting threats with Baker Mayfield. Now you have threats that aren't the ground game. Now you have Odell, you have Baker who's coming off a pretty good tail end of the season. And he's gonna produce. And you know it's just with everything going on, I have a feeling he's gonna do he's gonna do a lot better this year. Um number four I have McCaffrey like you said, the man's a Swiss Army knife. He can do everything out of the backfield. That's the only reason why I give him the edge over my number five is Todd Gurley, who struggles every now and again coming out of the backfield. He doesn't have the most sure hands in the world. That's why I put McCaffrey at four and then Gurley at five. Either way, your top five and my top five, those can be pretty interchangeable because running backs can explode like we saw with Barkley last year, or they can fall apart. Like we saw with like Joe Mixon last year. Granted, he was a rookie, but he started off really hot, then he fell apart in fantasy. Well, okay, Mixon, you can even say Delvin Cook. And I Delvin mean, Cook. Yeah. Running backs, my thing with running back, it's so hard to rank running backs because 
Ooh, you want to know what I just saw in here that I thought's interesting? James Conner ranked above Le'Veon Bell in ESPN's Ooh. rankings for screenshot for that one, and um, it's a punch in the throat because he's one better. Yeah, just one notch. It's not like he's five and above one. Now, um, who is that more of a punch in the throat to? Is that more of a punch to James Conner because Le'Veon sat out a year? No, that's a that's a that's a slap in the dick to Le'Veon Bell. I mean, this he we're talking about the guy who was perennially it, you could argue perennially the best who blew the best up running at, back in, in who fantasy blew up at somebody on ESPN because they kept saying Le'Veon was the number two. Le'Veon was the number two. He goes, no, listen, I've been in the top top end of rushing the past how many years? Go back to Michigan State, shut up, and just and here's a get a degree. Come back when you're a little bit smarter. Come on, man. I just, Bell, I, I can't believe they put him that far down. Um, the guy's not going to be missing any time. Like, the guy's, he's still talented, but maybe ESPN believes what I do, which is he's not going to play 16 this year. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Um, I'm a quick transition down, because we like to drag on here. Wide receivers right away. I'm going to do this a hot one. I'm going to do it a hot take. Then we'll do yours right away. And then we'll compare, because I have a feeling this one's going to get a little heated. Number one, Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't think there's any question about that one. The guy is just unbelievable. Um, and that's where I know you're going to disagree with me. Number two, I have Devontae Adams. He's a, he's an older version of Juju, but we still got to see what's going on with the offense this year. You know, he's still got Aaron, everything else, but... I, I give Juju that little bit of an edge. Number three, I have Keenan Allen. He's got Phillip Rivers. He brings on a lot of passes. He's got a lot of help. Number four, Michael Thomas. Because, I mean, the year he had last year, he's due for another good one. And then number five, I have Julio Jones. Like you said, maybe Matt Ryan has a good year this year. And Julio Jones with Mohamed Sanu gone. With, um, who is the other good receiver? Or that tandem, not Roddy White. Well, they they let Bryant, Martavis Bryant. Martavis Bryant, it, yeah. Last year, it, it's gonna be a hot one. I think he's gonna be do good this year. Yeah, that's where me and you are a little different. I think uh, I think Juju uh, took advantage of the fact that he was getting the second best corner on him uh, constantly last year. Yep. Um, and I think he's gonna learn the hard way. Life isn't so easy without AB there. Um, go on. You had not. You had you went through what number one and who's your number two? Devontae. All right, number three is Keenan Allen. Keenan Allen, uh, Keenan, did you know that uh, Keenan, Keenan Allen rolled his ankle or whatever today? He might miss. He's saying he's missing the rest of the preseason. It's the preseason. He probably rolled it on a Tootsie Roll or well, something. Keenan Allen's always injured. You're talking to a guy who's got him in his dynasty league. Like, love Keenan Allen. Um, when healthy, I think I think he's you can easily put him in the top five most talented wide receivers in the, in yeah. the NFL. Um, he's just very undercredited because he's he's always, he's been injured a lot lately, but. When you look at his overall skill set, uh, he's he's like Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, they, he can be put in the slot. He can be put outside. He can go up top and get him. He can go down low. And that's him. why I put him in my top five. Yeah, I agree. I just uh, pardon me to miss one week is usually enough to say that you're you're not going to make the top five. And with just from the just from what I heard today, I, I just that's why I won't put him there. You're four, uh, Michael Thomas. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's got to be in the top five. I mean, he's the number one overall paid wide receiver right now, playing with arguably a top five best quarterback of all time. Ooh, I mean, did I hear top three? Yikes. Yeah, you know, I, I really like True Brees. But anyways, <laughs> uh, you, and then yeah, I see you have Julio at five, which yep. is exactly where I put him. Um, look, I think I think there's going to be a, top, a very uh, soon um, we're going to start seeing the decline of Julio. 
Um, but what it comes down to is, uh, you know, it, Julio's Julio, and until he stops producing like Julio, he's he's in the top five for me. So I'm gonna since we since you uh, ended at five and we have the five the same, um, I'm gonna start from the bottom work up. Um, I have Mike Evans at the four. Um, I'm a big I'm a big Bruce Aarons fan. Um, I think this guy is. This is, and I know I've said this before. This is this is my take on Tampa. He's going to come in, um, he's going to turn that franchise around. He's going to make he's going to make uh, uh, Jameis Winston look like you know look like the stud he was drafted to be, which in turn is going to help Mike Evans. You know that's the optimistic side. The, the pessimistic side is that it fails miserably and they're starting over there. And Mike Evans has a terrible season. But I'm I'm optimistic. I think uh, this is the year where you. Um, they're going to utilize him. Um, I look at the way they used uh, uh, Fitzgerald when he was in when Aaron's was in uh, Arizona, yep. and I, I see Mike Evans, but I see a better. I mean, at that time, Larry Fitzgerald wasn't the wide receiver that even Mike Evans is right now. I I love Larry Fitzgerald. He's a great great talent, but our, I mean, easily in my opinion, a top five, top ten wide receiver of all time, but. Overall, um, I like I just like Mike Evans. I like that offense that Aaron's runs. Um, for my three, um, I I went with Mike Thomas. Um, I he's the only option on that team. Um, I think he very well could be the number one fantasy wide receiver. That's a, that's an offense that's going to be in scoring range. And Mike Thomas is is Breeze's favorite uh, target in the red zone. Um, then uh, moving up my list, number two, I have Hopkins. I'm a I could actually kind of uh, puke that you didn't even put him in there. Uh, I, Hopkins is the most underrated wide receiver in the in the NFL. Uh, nobody is talking about him being the best, and uh, in my opinion, he is the best. The best hands, the best speed, the best. I think his all around game. He is the the best wide receiver in the NFL. And you know, when you're that good, you're gonna produce. Um, I watched Deshaun or uh, Deshaun Watson uh, throw a football, and uh, it's just like how it was when Calvin Johnson was in was in Detroit. It's Oh shit! Here comes the rush. Throw it up, yep. and Hopkins goes and gets it. Um, and the last, reason why I don't put Hopkins in my top five is because he has an injury-prone quarterback with a bad offensive line. It, I but that's the thing. That's the thing with Hopkins is like as even with even if Watson goes down, whoever his backup is, is that it's going to be even more that they just throw it to him. Yep. So I I I can't not put Hopkins in there, and I have Devontae Adams as the number one fantasy wide receiver. I don't think he's the number one wide receiver in the NFL, but when you look in Green Bay, and I I was talking about Aaron being the number one uh, quarterback. Well, I'm going to follow that up with uh, those forty some touchdowns. I think Devontae is going to be on the receiving end of a good chunk of those um and uh to me it's pretty easy to it's pretty easy for me to put him in the top five um but i'm gonna put him at one he hasn't had his chance to to be the number one guy um in fantasy football yet um and i think if he does it it might it might make some people uh consider putting him as the as the best uh wide receiver in the nfl if he can do so so moving on uh we're gonna we're going into tight ends i know you're still working on your list a little bit there uh i'm just gonna skip number one and two because kelsey and Ertz are have taken over that especially with no gronk anymore it's it's kelsey it's Ertz. um and who after that well um i really like uh i really like derrick henry at the three um and maybe i'm a little biased because he has been on my as and been in my or Derek, sorry, sorry, Hunter Henry, Hunter Henry. Uh, since he's been Derek in, Henry I know, I know. Tight end, but he ate it. <laughs> You're right. He's not near his. Uh, anyways, um, 
so Hunter Henry, I've been, I'm a little biased in this pick because he has been on my dynasty team and everything. But my thing with my, my reason for picking him there is Antonio Gates, actually. Um, when you look at how much Rivers relied on Gates, um, I just think that's, I think it's Hunter Henry um, who, who's going to be that like replacement for him. Um, I, I think the guy can can do it in my personal opinion I think right now um as far as like athletic ability I think he's right there for the best in the league what he did as a rookie I think he had eight touchdowns on his rookie season um tight ends take usually about three years to develop into solid fantasy tight ends three to four years um and I've seen enough I've seen enough out of him in the little bit that he's played to, to to feel pretty confident in putting him in that three spot um Four, uh, I'll go Kittle. Um, from what he showed me last year, I wasn't a huge Kittle believer, but uh, he he did give me that that Kelsey kind of feel watching him last year. So I like Kittle there. I'm not crazy about the about the 49ers. Um, I just think they're going to be playing from behind a lot, and he's going to be he's going to be receiving uh, Jimmy G, baby. a good chunk of those. And number five, uh, this is this is one I I like seeing is how none of us put um, uh, Brown in our top five for wide receivers. Uh, this is where I'm going to put David Njoku, another guy. That uh, has been has been in my has been on my uh, fantasy dynasty team for quite a while, um, or at least since his rookie year. Um, Najoku is is athletic ability wise might be the most athletic tight end in the NFL, maybe outside of OJ Howard. Um, but Najoku has had hype, hype, hype since he came in. He hasn't really had his his chance, but when you literally look at him, how, how much have the Browns really been in the red zone? Uh, for his career, I think now you have you have three solid wide receivers between Callaway, Jarvis, Landry, and uh, Odell Beckham. I mean that's spreading the field up. Yeah, how how is a defensive back? How can you? I mean I'm I'm just gonna say that they play Jarvis in the slot because that's really where he yeah. he does his most work. Um, so you have Antonio Callaway who's a speed demon on one side. You have Odell who can run routes and is a speed demon on the other. And then you've got a then you've got a also respect Landry who's let's just say he's running like a a, a slant over the middle or maybe like a a drag route over the middle. Um, who's covering the middle of the field down you know 20 15 20 30 yards down the field and, and honestly in the red zone I, they have to cover Odell they have to respect Odell um they're gonna be stacking the box with Chubb because he's solid in the red zone Yarvis eh, you know you have to respect him but really he's not that big of a red zone target but I look at I look at um Njoku and I think that's the guy who Baker might throw I can see him getting ten touchdowns this season and and making that climb from kind of a, a quiet name to you know busting right into there. Um, I do see a name on this list that I didn't I didn't think of, but um, actually you know what, Just cross Kittle out, put in um, Evan Ingram uh, with with the Giants having nothing left there at wide receiver. Um, Ingram may as well may as well uh, pull the old Jimmy Graham and tell him to pay him like a wide receiver because that's what he's going to be doing. Yep. Um, so, like you said, the top two are not interchangeable. Travis Kelsey won, Zach Ertz two. Point blank period. I do, however, highly disagree with you on the Kittle situation. Um, the man is a tank. He pass blocks really well. He does his release blocks where he quick chip, gets out for a quick little short route, pick up four, five, six yards. Very, very good with Jimmy G doing that with him. Jimmy G is very good at RPOs, getting to the outside. 
So I think that works. Number four, I have Hunter Henry, not Derrick Henry. Fuck off. <sighs> Sorry. <laughs> um, you basically hit the nail right on the head with it. The guy is just super athletic, and like we have said previously, Philip Rivers, this is kind of his last go at it. So I think he's got a lot to prove, and Hunter Henry is just going to – for me, having Henry, too, I, I've gotten to follow, from having him in Dynasty, I kind of followed his recovery road back, too. Uh, dude, he recovered from that ACL injury crazy fast. Yep. Um, he was ready for football. Um, had had San Diego been making a push, uh, he would have he would have been LA, playing. LA, not San Diego. Whatever. Man, He's that's still, two mess ups in one podcast. He'll be San Diego to me forever. I sure. watched a game, watched him play in San Diego. It's going to be hard for me to ever not call him the San yep. Diego Chargers. Um, and on top of that, let's get real. The LA isn't their home. It's the home of the it's the home of the Rams. So they're still looking for a new home. That'll come sooner or later. Um, but yeah, I I really like Hunter Henry. Uh, the fact that he was able to I mean to work and push himself to get back to football form um, in just a few short months. Uh, it, it, the guy is the guy is. Um, I think he's ready to play some football. Yep. Uh, there's no to me. There's no more learning. The the ability's always been there. It's it's just the playbook. A lot of times is hard for these guys because they're not just out there for the pass plays like like wide receivers are. You know, they're not just out there for the run plays like running backs are. For the most part, like they're they're they've got to learn everything. They've got to learn blocking. They've got to learn. They've got to learn the the routes for running. Um, it's and it's not just pat it's pass blocking it's run blocking i yep. don't not everybody has to do that i think tight and we're going to take a minute here shout out to our sponsors first 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 we got cps ran by my great friend mr dave cps dave check him out on facebook i believe his facebook name is davy crockett if I'm not mistaken, go to the repcps.com store. That's R-E-P-C-P-S.com. Type in the promo code ADVENTURE15. That's straight from the Resi and Bubba Show podcast. That'll give you 15% off all your purchases with him. He's got some great stuff. All the party essentials, all the party trinkets you need. He's got shot glasses that he's promoting. He's hooked up with liquid ice. He's hooked up with a bourbon company. He's got things going on. All your party essentials. He's got hats, beanies, sweatshirts, t-shirts, buttons, patches, you name it, he's got it. Just take a, give him a look. Great prices, great party gear. He's got hats like Show Me That Butthole, Butt Trucker, um, uh, Drunken Disorder. I go together like Drunken Disorderly. He's got all the good stuff. Get a good kick. He's selling some uh, vinyl records out of his store too. Go give him a shout out. Give him, give, you know, give him some love. Show him some love from the Resi and Bubba Show podcast. That'd be Adventure 15. Use that promo code after you're hitting your checkout. Gives you 15% off courtesy of the Resi and Bubba Show. Next, we have the Dojo of Pain. That is the Dojo of Pain. Straight out of Francis Creek, Wisconsin. Um, If you think you got the nuts to go try out pro wrestling, go give it a shot. Look up the Dojo of Pain on Facebook. It's ran by Shane Hills, a family member of mine. One of the best camps in the Midwest, I tell you guys. Hornswoggle, seen him in WWE. Ken Anderson or Ken Kennedy saw him in TNA and WWE. Um, Stacy Shadow, Silas Young, you see him in Ring of Honor. A uh, little shout out to Logan Lynch. He's he's getting a good push. You know, might see him up in WWE pretty soon. If you think you got the nuts to do it, give it a shot, man. It, I did it for a little bit. It's tough. It ain't no pushover. Look for the Dojo of Pain on Facebook. Reach out to Shane Hills and get yourself a trial. See if you got it. See if you like it. 
if you don't think you got it and you just want to listen to wrestling and you rather just watch wrestling and listen to some guys bullshit about it, go to the Bad Medicine Podcast. You can find them on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of your major podcast outlets. Go check them out. My boys Dave, Andrew, and Quinn are running that podcast. They do a pretty good job. They give us some good laughs. They got a lot of big guests. They just had Dave Hero on. They had Ben Monty from Frontline Pro Wrestling. They've had uh, good old JR, Jim Ross. They've had ODB. They've had David Bay, if you're into the fitness world. Go give them a check out. They're great. You can see them on all their uh, outlets of podcasts. Like I said, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker. You can catch them all there. Again, that's the Bad Medicine Podcast. And give them a check and hit us back. I think they're uh, running in pass. The run and pass blocking that tight ends have to do, just everything they have to learn, they just don't get enough credit for what they have to do. Um, I think I think tight end, at least on the offensive side of the ball, outside of quarterback, I think tight end is the hardest position to learn. Yep. So my number five is a little bit of a surprise here. Jared Cook. Now, had he still been in Oakland, I would say no way he's in the top five. But he has a different quarterback. He has a, a very good quarterback throwing to him in Drew Brees, who has had a lot of success with tight ends, like Jeremy Shockey. And Jared Cook runs routes like Jeremy Shockey. Yeah, let's see if he can hold on to the ball. If Are, are they going to get uh, Oakland Raider Jared Cook, or are they going to get Green Bay Packers Jared I hope Cook? They get, I hope they get Packers Jared Cook, because Drew Brees needs another tight end to work with. And I, think well, I, think, he, I think Cook is better in Oakland than he was in Green Bay. That man, that man outside of one good sideline catch that he had, um, I don't think he Ooh. did watch here. Oh, ouch. Ouchie, that's not good. So, yeah, real quick before we finish uh, finish up our, our fantasy, just give me uh, who's your who's your top defense, who's your top kicker? Ooh, top kicker is Justin Tucker. I mean, uh, you're in, you're out. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I'll agree with you there's there. There's no question about that. Defense, and again, not the best defense in the league. Who's going who's gonna, to, more or less when it comes to fantasy football, who's going to get the most sacks and interceptions? Because that's really what gets you your points. Oh, wow. Ooh, should have given time to think about that. See, I'm still, and again, going Ugh. back to my dynasty team, a little biased here. I'm a big Jags fan. I, uh, I, I, I like the Jags. I like Jalen Ramsey. Um, I also, I also think that. I'll be honest. I think there's a chance Green Green Bay defense. Could yeah, actually be that's there. where I was kind of leaning at. Is I don't know about Green Bay's defense, one, but, but they might. They maybe might not number one. Five. But they're going to force a lot of big takeaways this year because we have a very talented secondary and our defensive line has looked pretty stout. But, I don't know. We'll see. Send in what you think. Send in uh, your ideas, who you think is the top five in each position. Yeah, if you have any, uh, if you have any questions, uh, matchup, itch, you know, say you're looking at your fantasy football roster Thursday and you're going, oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. Do I play, do I play uh, Kalen Blage or do I play uh, Dion Lewis? Um, you know, you got something here that's hanging you up, uh, post it on our page. We'd be happy to give you uh, our two cents. Hit us up. And you can't be mad, as a, mad at us if we're wrong because we're wrong on our leagues too. So We can so, all lose together. We can all lose. Hey, might as well be together if we're going to lose. All right. So real quick, just to wrap up everything else, um, quick preview for next week. We are going to have a full playoff prediction from top to bottom from the wild card 
all the way through the division, all the way through the NFC and AFC Championship game, and then to wrap up our Super Bowl predictions. We may have had a little bit of change here and there. You don't know yet, but tune in next week. We will also have a special guest, Shane Hills. He's the owner and operator of the Dojo of Pain Wrestling Camp, and we will be talking football with him. We will be talking wrestling with him. We will be talking all sorts of things with him. So be sure to tune in next week for that podcast, which will be number six, and we will be right back. Next topic. All right, we're back with our next edition, next whatever you want to call it, of the uh, division prediction. So we're finally to the north. Um, The AFC North, we're going to breeze right through because, honestly... We are the same. We're the same. We don't care. To me, to me, with this division, the top two, the top two are in a battle, and the bottom two are in a battle, and that's about it. Yep. Um, we both Browns are easily the most talented roster in this division. Um, so we have Browns, Steelers, Ravens, Cincy going top to bottom. Browns easily the best roster. Hard not to put them there. Um, since our uh, Pittsburgh's got the got the. Experience. As long as they have Big Ben, they're going to be in the run for the division title. The reason I put them, the reason I put them below the below the Browns is you, they lost they lost AB um, and I, I just. But I, now that puts the number one corner on Juju, and they don't have Bell, and I'm still not entirely sold on Connor. I kind of think that line pulled together for him last year. We'll see what happens. Excuse me. We'll see what happens this year. Uh, Ravens. I, I just don't like their quarterback situation. Um, they might catch a couple teams within their division, a couple teams outside, but I I just look like Brown Steelers, they're ten win plus teams. Raven Cincy, they're like six wins or less teams. Uh so I think that's pretty top to bottom. Cincy's just always they just suck. Um I I remember a few years back I read a I read a uh article about like worst worst franchises in all of sports when and they like they put in stuff like parking and they put in stuff like how they treat their players and like yep. beer prices and all that stuff. Since he was dead last in all professional sports. Um, so I, I always keep that in the back of my mind with them. It's like, look, nobody really wants to play here and nobody really wants to root for him. So I'm going since he at the bottom. Um, I, is there anything you want to add to that, Sean? No, I, I think you hit it pretty straight on the head. I mean, the Browns are going to, as much as it, People are going to hate to say the Browns are going to win the damn division this year because they are super talented. And if they don't, it's the Steelers. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's literally it. Um, and There's and, no way the Ravens are talented enough to get through the Steelers and the Browns. In my opinion, the Browns now have the Ravens' defense and the Steelers' offense. When you yeah. look at, like, in years past, like, the Ravens the Ravens have always had that stud defense. Steelers, you know, when they had Polamalu and stuff and, and Harrison, you know. But... The Ravens, the Ravens were always kind of like you know the defense of that league yep. of that division, and uh, I think that's the Browns now. Um, they kind of they kind of like got the best of both worlds. So jumping into the into the NFC, uh, this is where me and you are going to have have some fun. So um, I I currently have it as Vikings, Packers, Bears, Lions, top to bottom. Um, that's against like everything Vegas has going on. That's against what you have going on, Sean. But yep. here's my here's my reasoning. I look at, I look at Minnesota. Um, I'll start at the bottom. I look at the Lions. Lions have always been at the bottom. Um, I'm just not sold on Patricia as a head coach. Um, I he was hyped up so much. I just don't. I just don't like him. Um, I know they have a fairly talented roster when you look at it, um, but I, I look at that offense and I still just see a lot of very average players. I don't think. I don't think Marvin Jones. 
um, is should be your go-to guy, nor should Kenny Galladay. I think both of them are good, like number two options. Um, but I, I don't think having two twos don't don't mean that they're a one. Yeah. Um. So I don't like the Lions. Um. Kerryon Johnson at at running back is good, but I don't think he's like a stud like the Lions think he is. Defensively, I think the Lions are pretty solid, but again. <laughs> They're they're full of like underachievers. They're full of guys who are you know have all the talent in the world but never do anything with it. And I just think that same thing's happening again. I put the Bears at three, um, simply because I, I know Mac is there and all this stuff, and the, they probably have the best defense, um, in the NFC North. But and their offense is nothing to nothing to sleep on either. I just think with. One coaches generally their first year on a team generally have a lot of success because people just don't know what to expect out of that out of that coach and that team, um, and I think that's part of where the part of where the Bears' success came from last year. I uh, give them a year of people being able to watch them. They've lost their defensive coordinator this past year. Um, I just think they're gonna they're gonna slip a little, uh, which is gonna which brings me into Green Bay. Green Bay is the team that got the new coach. Um, people aren't going to know what's going on. Um, but again, going, going back to Green Bay, I, I don't know. I, I, I look at that. I look at Vikings who I put at number one. Um, and this is, I know a lot of people don't like, don't like that prediction. Uh, but my thing with the Vikings is what did they lose? Um, that team, when you talk about notable players on their teams and Packers lost Clay Matthews, I'm not a big Clay fan. He hasn't really produced much, but when you, when you look at it, he has kind of been the, the face at least of that defense. Um, and I don't know who the hell that guy's going to be now for Green Bay. So uh, I look at Minnesota and I go, all right, this was a guy who was able, they were able to keep around Barr. Uh, they still have Delvin Cook. They have arguably, the, I, I, would, I would argue that Diggs and Thielen are a top two combo in the, in the NFL. I think you have the best combo in the NFL. And Kirk Cousins, um, I, I know the guy doesn't see, he, he can't, he, they say he can't win in the playoffs or he can't win under pressure. Look at that. If you look at the Vikings line last year, the Vikings O line was awful, um, and w- part of that was because of all the money they spent on on Cousins. But that's what Minnesota did this off season is they went and they bolstered their their O line, which is the same thing that they did right before they they had Case Keenum and Sam Bradford lead them to a NFC Championship game or a right. game away. I don't remember game one away. of the game away. I mean, away. look at. I look at that Minnesota roster and I just go, there is too much talent there. And now that these guys have gotten to play together for a full season, Kirk has a full a full season of in the playbook and everything. I just I like Minnesota. Um, I, I I love my Packers. Um, but going back to Minnesota being one, Packers being two, um, I think I think I think they finished with the same record. Um, I'm gonna go with something around like that that ten and six, eleven and five. Somewhere in there, but I do think Packers Vikings finish the same. Um, I think the Vikings beat out the Packers just because I think they're going to do better in the division. When I look at that Green Bay Packer team, I look at we've always been had a hard time stopping the pass. Maybe that'll be better this year with everything we brought in. Yeah, we have some solid corners, 
But we don't have corners that are at the same level as Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen, in my opinion. So I think they kind of tear us apart. And then I go and I look at the Bears, wide receiving core, and I think the same thing. Taylor Gabriel's got a ton of wheels. Um, He's going to rip us apart. Um, and then they still have Allen Robinson to keep us to keep us honest. You look at their tight, you look at their tight end situation. Um, they have Baby Gronk backing up um, Trey Burton. Um, I think I, I, that's what they called him. Adam Shaheen was Baby Gronk when he came into the league. I think I think that um, I, I just look at that. I look at that that Bears team and I go, they match up very, I just look, Vikings and Bears, I think both can play with Green Bay, if not beat Green Bay. So when I look at that division and I go, who can, you know, who matches up against who, I just think the Vikings have that, that team that's, that's a little more uh, suited to play their, those six games against divisional opponents. Um, And I think, I think you're going to see like Green Bay go three and three out of those six games in the division and the Vikings go like four and two. Yep. So, so you on the other hand, you've got we have a quite a disagreement. You've got quite a different, quite a different rundown. In fact, you actually have Minnesota as your four. I do. Um, I'm actually gonna stop. Start from the top down. I'm a little biased. I always have been. Always will be. Packers. Typical Packer fan. Yep. Shut up. You do the same thing. <laughs> the only reason you're doing it is because we're trying to get more fans. Oh no no no! I I've been. You can ask. You can ask anybody I've talked oh, to. I've I know. been saying. I think it's. I think it's Green Bay and Minnesota fighting for that division, and I think I do think the Bears have a chance at a wild card, even being in the three spot in the division. That'd be if, sweet if that division doesn't beat each other up. Yeah. which I, I just have a hard very time. Very possible. It's We're the black and blue conference for a reason. So from the top down, I have Packers at number one. I have them at thirteen and three. We didn't do our records, but we can go back and jot them up later. And if people are really that interested, we can tell them. I have the Packers at thirteen and three. Um. I don't see a lot of trouble coming out of my problem with thirteen and three is when we're. I, I don't think we win the whole. I don't think we win that first game of the season. And do you see them going twelve and two after that? I don't know. In the black and blue, in the black and blue division, where we just where we we're both basically saying that there's three teams who could be playoff teams in this division. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you why. New coach, new scheme, a very very happy quarterback. A very, very happy offense and a very, very stout defense it creates a lot of drama for everybody else. Now, looking quick into the season, in Chicago, I do think they missed that game. Then we have a three-game homestand, Vikings, Broncos, Eagles. I don't see a lot of trouble with that. I see maybe a loss against Philly. Then we go in Dallas. Philly always gives Green Bay a hard time. Never really had a problem in Dallas. Uh, then we have Lions at home, Raiders at home. At Chiefs, I think that's our third loss of the year. Then we have Chargers, Panthers, 49ers, Giants, Skins, Bears again, Vikings again, Lions again. I think we went out the rest of the year. See, and okay, so I'm, you, I am I like that you pulled that up. So I'm, I'm looking at that same stretch that, that you're talking about. Yeah, I think we could dump one to the Chiefs. Um, but but looking after that, Chargers, if Melvin Gordon's back, I think they're they're a damn good team. They're they're set up to stop the pass, yep. um, which is pretty much what – unless, unless – don't get me wrong. Unless Aaron Jones comes out and looks like, you know, if if Lafleur can make him run for you know twelve hundred yards, fifteen hundred yards, yeah. whatever, yeah, yeah, then we're not gonna have a problem with the Chargers. But I look at that Chargers team. I look at how stacked they are at wide receiver, tight end, um, and then you then you have Gordon coming out of the backfield too. 
I think that just that posed some huge problems yep. for Green Bay. Um, so I don't think that's as easy as a win. Um, the Panthers too. Uh, those those mobile quarterbacks, those guys that those quarterbacks that can rush on Green Bay have always, always, always given Green Bay a hard time. I don't think in that's our a, old defense. <laughs> really haven't seen a very good I haven't quarterback. Seen a, I haven't seen a new defense yet either. So that's that's where I'm gonna that's where I'm gonna go with that conversation. True. Very true. 49ers, um it, hey, Jimmy G Jimmy G looked pretty solid before he got hurt. Um I just think we are better than the 49ers. Yep. Um you look at the Giants, that's a win. Redskins, that's a win. And now you got the Bears for the second time late in the season, arguably fighting for a playoff spot with three weeks left when Green Bay might just about have could possibly I don't want to say have the division locked up because the last three games are all division, but could be could be sitting maybe at the top there. I just don't think Bears are a pushover. Same thing with the Vikings at that point, especially in Minnesota. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's that's always a tough one. The Chargers. I don't think Melvin Gordon's coming back to LA. I really don't. I think he's moving on. So I think that's where I kind of give him the edge. Uh, moving down the list, I have the Bears in second at eleven and five. Just because when I looked at their schedule, and I'll I'll pop it up really quick here. Yeah, the Bears have a much tougher. The Bears, the Bears have a much have tougher a schedule. Very tough that's what, schedule. That's what happens when you win is that you get a tough schedule. That's why it's it's impressive when you had like one Green Bay with Rodgers and they were just tearing that division apart for a while. Uh, same thing you look at like New England with what they've done. It's 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 tough to it is tough to consistently win year after year after year like that because your schedule just gets harder and harder. Yep. So just a quick look into their schedule. Obviously, we play them the first week, then Broncos, then Skins. Not a problem. Then they get the Vikings. Then they go to Oakland, which is well, and they had to play the Colts. I think you skipped that too. Did I miss the Colts? That's was, preseason. Oh, that's preseason. That's preseason. Sorry. Um. So in Oakland, regardless of how bad Oakland is, playing in Oakland is very tough. Then they have the Saints, then they have the Chargers, then they have the Eagles, then they get a week off, play the Lions, then they have the Rams. So it's, they have, and then they have the Chiefs late in the year before they finish up the season. So, I mean, that's a tough schedule. I think they can get through it. I have trust in Khalil Mack. I, uh, I mean, I just. The Bears season I don't rides think on they're, Khalil Mack the same way does. the Packers season rides on Aaron Aaron Rodgers. I do, I 100% agree on that. And, and I that's think, why I put the Vikings at one, because the Vikings can win without Kirk as long as Cook's playing well. And the Vikings can win without Cook as long Kirk as long as Kirk yep. is playing well, and I don't see that anywhere else in the division. Yep, yep. And I got I I get you there, and that's a really damn good point. But I gotta stick <laughs> to my picks. The Lions, I don't have as bad. I think they're eight and eight this year. I do have trust in Matt Patricia. He ran a very good scheme in New England. I think he brought a lot of that to uh, Detroit. However, I think the addition of one Mike Daniels to their defense stouts up their defense a little bit more. It stops the run for sure, and it helps out with their pass protection. They still do have a pretty decent pass protection game. This is our big disagreement. You have Vikings at one. I have them in dead last. I do not think Mike Zimmer is a very good coach, and I think Stevon Diggs and Adam Thielen are going to be the only bright spots in that team. I don't think Delvin Cook's going to have a good year. He struggled to stay on the field last year, not because of injury, just because he was fat and he ran out of gas. And, and you know what? I'm, it, it's I've, just I've been a I've been a big Cook hater since he came out of Florida State, if I Florida remember State. correctly. Um, with famous Jameis, he just the thing with Cook is like I remember reading on his Spark Score, which is what uh, speed, athletic. Uh, there's your speed, your speed agility, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Reaction. So, anyways. He had like he had a terribly low spark score, and that's why I don't think that's why I don't think that he's he's I, I, that's why I haven't been a believer. 
that being said, he has shown that he can play in the NFL. He's shown that he can he can lead in, in offense as the as the running back. And you know, you talk about him not being able to play a full season. Shit, Latavius Murray is still there, and he is he's still running pretty pretty solid pretty from what we've gotten to see. So I look, I don't think he's quite that old, but regardless, he's he that is a solid backup running back or a solid one two punch there at running back. Um, and I guess that's why that's just why we have that disagreement. I I have a lot of faith in Minnesota. Um, I that to me that team doesn't look any different than what it did when it when it lost that game to the Saints. The only difference is they added Kirk Cousins, and I, yeah, he had a rough first year there, but you know what? That's still an upgrade over over Case Keenum or Sam Bradford or whoever else they they thought maybe could run that offense. Like, ooh, Latavius Murray is not there is anymore in New Orleans now. Oh well, huh? well either way, still like Cook. Well, that puts Cook plays on the list. Cook plays plays good two way ball. It, I just I like I, I like Minnesota. I or I, I don't I don't like the Vikings. I actually probably dislike them more than the Bears as far as like a team goes. But um, I, you you have to you have to respect that team. Um, like like we were saying. I mean we we just between our rankings here, we just showed you why we. You know why we th- we think that this is gonna this is a very tough division. Um, multiple teams can win. Um, you went back. You gave your your records. You had what Packers thirteen and three, Bears yep. eleven five, and then Vikings Lions eight and eight. Yep. Um, I said I think Vikings and Packers both finish. They're either gonna be ten and five, eleven or uh, eleven and five, ten and six. Um, I'm gonna stick with that. Uh, Bears I think are gonna be floating at like nine and seven. Uh, maybe ten and six, depending. Like I said, Vikings Bears go eleven and five. I'm gonna say Bears go ten and six then, or ten and you know ten and six, and then nine and five, nine and seven for the Bears. Yep. Um, and uh, it, the Lions, I think, are just that. You know, they're gonna do what the Lions do, and they're gonna be either like probably, I'm gonna go with six and ten, but they could just be seven and nine as well. Um, it that's it's Lions ball. That's what they do. So, um, if you want to jump down to AFC, uh, you did Browns twelve and four, Steelers eleven and five, Ravens eight and eight. Since he four and twelve, I very much think that AFC North team or North division is much like the NFC North, where they all kind of beat up on each other. As shitty as since he is, they always seem to find a way to to beat the Steelers, like once. Um, and the Browns are still the Browns. Uh, you've got them at twelve and four. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Brown I'm gonna go Browns win that division at ten and six. Um, I think they're gonna they're really gonna be beaten up on each other. I'm gonna go Steelers nine and seven. I'm gonna go Ravens. Uh, uh, they'll catch a few teams. Um, I think they're gonna win. We'll go. I like Harbaugh as a coach yet, so we're gonna go six and ten. Um, otherwise, I truthfully I don't know if they win more than five five games. I think that's a pretty uh, fair over under if I were to give them that. Mm-hmm. And Cincy, uh, yeah, if I could give them zero, I would, but that's pretty tough to do in the NFL. So I'm just gonna give them uh, Cincy with. Uh, uh, we'll go. We'll go three wins for Cincy. I think they steal one from like the Steelers or Browns because that's that's what Cincy does. That's what um, Cincy's known for. But outside of their division, I think they're lucky if they win one or two games. Yep. And I don't know. It's AFC North, like we've been saying. It, it's going to be a tough division, but watch out for the Browns. NFC North. Just sit back and watch, man. It's going to be a great year. It's going to be a lot of good football. Just as another reminder, quick before we wrap this up, next week we have our full playoff prediction 
all the way through the NFC and AFC from wild card all the way into the NFC Championship games and again into the Super Bowl. Tune in. Maybe we change our Super Bowl picks from Podcast 1, I believe. Or was it Podcast 2? Uh, it was 1 or 2. Um, 1 or 2. Either, either way. I mean, we're only on 5, so it's not like it was forever ago. But we missed a couple weeks and we've been pushing a little bit. A lot of family stuff going on. But, you know, that's how it is. So tune in to the next podcast and we'll see. We'll also have a little information about our giveaway that we're going to be pushing here but you got to listen in for the keyword the keyword is coming in next week so if you catch it send it in you might be able to win a little raffle prize or something of your choosing and don't forget next week we do have a special guest in shane hills and uh if you would like to be a special guest on the resi and bubba show feel free to reach out to us via the page or uh uh personal numbers if i we have any friends listening here uh we're always we ain't happy. giving them out so don't ask we're always happy for a uh third party in our arguments here it's always have it's always fun to get uh somebody else in the conversation to break up the arguments what's me, me and resi go after each other's throats but with that that is episode number five of the resi and bubba show hope you liked it hope you like everything you heard if you got any suggestions please do not hesitate to jump in on the Facebook page, jump in on Anchor, or just hit us up somehow, some way, find a way. Hit us up, let us know what you like, let us know what you don't like. And with always, stay cool, we out. See you guys next week. Do you like WWE, AEW, or TNA? Do you like hearing the outsider take on all the hottest wrestling news and shows? Then go check out my buddies Diamond Dave, The Answer Andrew, and Mason Quinn on the Bad Medicine Podcast. That's the Bad Medicine Podcast. They had some of the biggest names in wrestling like good old JR, ODB, and Ken Anderson. And they gave a fresh yet hilarious take on the world of sports entertainment. Along with some of the comedy you hear in the greater Fox Valley area. That is the Bad Medicine Podcast. You can find them on all your major podcast outlets like Apple Music and Spotify. Go check them out. It's a Bad Medicine Podcast.